super fast before we get started. I just want to remind you that my live masterclass, Three Sneaky Mistakes That Will Sink Your Etsy Shop and How to Fix Them for Etsy Success is happening Friday, February 12th at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the doors are opening to scale your sales at the same time. So if you have been waiting for the doors to open on that program and you are ready, sign up for the masterclass. Come hang out with me, laurenkeplinger.com forward slash sneaky mistakes. And I will see you there live on Friday, February 12th at 9 a.m. Friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets Chichichings. My name is Lauren Kevlinger, and I am so glad you're here today. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about things that you really have to master if you want to be successful as a business owner and specifically as an Etsy shop owner. If you have goals that you've set for yourself in your business or you have goals that you want to accomplish in the long term and you're just not quite getting there, some of these things may be holding you back. Um, And they're definitely things to think about as you move forward into this coming year and really just diving into your shop to make it happen for yourself. The very first thing that I want to talk about, and this sounds kind of general, but we're going to go into a little more specifics, is Running a business, you can't run a successful business if you shy away from the running a business part of it. There are so many of us that came to Etsy as crafters or hobbyists, or if you sell something like vintage or digital, you come from a background like a vintage seller. Maybe you just like to go yard sailing or antiquing and then you kind of built up all of these things and now you're trying to get rid of them. Or, you know, I have people that come to me with a graphic design background and so they're making some printables, um, but they're not, you know, they weren't, they haven't ever run a business before. It's a transition that a lot of people struggle with as they are moving out of this mindset of, having a hobby or having something that they enjoy and into something that is an actual business. And there are parts of running a business that that are different, dramatically different even from having a hobby. And so we're gonna talk about a few of those today. One of the things that I see a lot, and we talked about this a little bit in the episode with Janet LeBlanc about the getting legit in your finances, is that people tend to bury their head in the sand a lot when it comes to things that they don't think that they're good at or aspects of the business that they don't enjoy. So for example, if there is something like taxes in that example, you know, the bookkeeping and the financial side of it that you don't enjoy, you don't think you're good at, you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing, and you just don't really want to deal with it, quite frankly. You like the biz, you know, you like the creative side, you like the crafty side, you like the parts that you enjoy, but you don't really want to deal with this other part of it that you don't enjoy or that you don't think that you're good at. 
I totally understand that because I am also that way. And I talked about in that episode that I was the person that was burying their head in the sand for a very long time about that specific issue. But when it comes to having a business, I really think that you have to change the way that you're looking at it to say, which parts am I good at and which parts do I maybe need to outsource to somebody else? And that doesn't always have to be hiring an employee, which is the first thing that people jump to when you say something like that. It could be something as easy as hiring a bookkeeper. And I have talked about in the past that when I decided to get legit in my finances and get things sorted out and really, you know, get a grasp on my finances, I hired a monthly bookkeeper to do that because I didn't feel like I had the tools or the knowledge or frankly, the time really to spend to teach myself how to do that. But I knew that it was important. So I hired somebody that that was their wheelhouse of expertise. And so obviously it's going to be a lot faster for them to do it than it would be for me. But that doesn't mean that you are able to then just step back and not think about it at all and not worry about it at all and not deal with it at all. You still need to have a pulse on everything that is going on in your business. A part of our kind of a visualization, I guess, that I like to think about in um, talking about business is to think about yourself as the CEO of your business versus the employee of your business. That's a very different role and it's a transition that maybe initially might not happen. It's not something necessarily that happens right off the bat. Most of the time, and for most of you probably, you're in the role that you are both the employee and the CEO. But in terms of running the business, you want to be looking at it from that upper level bird's eye view of what's going on in every piece of your business and not just get stuck in the minutia of every day-to-day activity, every email that you get, every piece of fabric that you have to cut or whatever you're making. You wanna be looking at it from the business owner standpoint and that involves being able to remove yourself a little bit from that individual crafting, you know, picking every single detail of every single thing and be able to look at the bigger picture of what you're doing. Having a business involves having an idea and a product and a business kind of persona with a unique spin and an understanding of what that unique spin is. So spending the time as the business owner to clarify who you are and what you do will lead to a longer term clarity on where you're wanting to go with this and and what you're wanting to make of it. Oftentimes I see people dive into, they kind of just jump in. And while I think that's great because there are other people who get stuck not jumping in and they want everything to be perfect from the get-go, there is this other group of people that just jumps in and they're like, I'm starting my shop and I'm making this product and this product and this product and this product and then I'm doing this and I want to add this and they're all over the place. And I get probably at least 10 to 15 emails every single day that I see that in what they're saying to me and what they're wanting to do with their shop. I would always encourage you as the business owner to take the time, not obsessively and not to the point that you have the analysis paralysis that we've talked about so much um, or that you get stuck in your own head so much that you can't move forward, but take the time to really plan out 
what you want to do, what you want to make, who you are as a business, who you're serving, and how you're doing that. One part of what we talk about in my Scale Your Sales program is goal setting. And I'm a huge fan of tangible goal setting because I think that it is so important to have those goals written down. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. This is my goal. And this is where I want to get to. Otherwise, you end up kind of just, I don't know, spinning your wheels, I guess. You end up in this reactionary um place where every day you're just reacting to what happens. Either you're not having any activity and you're reacting to that and you're getting disheartened, which we'll talk about in a minute, or you're having convos and you're answering emails and you're doing orders, but you never are one step ahead of people. You're always just reacting to the things that are happening in the business. You're never able to get in front of it and say, I'm I'm in charge here and this is what I'm making. This is what I'm doing. This is the amount of sales that I'm going to have and these are the goals that I'm going to hit along the way. So the goal setting piece of that is really huge. Sometimes running a business means that our vision for the business changes along the way and that's where I don't want you to get stuck in that analysis paralysis because part of running a business so often is jumping in figuring it out as you go and allowing it to ebb and flow and change and modify as you go along. This could mean that you end up making things that you never thought you would be making or things that aren't necessarily what you set out to make. I don't want you to be doing something in your business or making something in your craft that you don't like making, but having a sort of an openness to allowing your products to change and allowing your vision for your business to change as you go can really help you to grow because it allows you to be a little more flexible and not be so stuck in like, no, this is the only thing I'm gonna do and if this doesn't work, well then it's just not gonna work. Like this has to work and this is the only thing that I'm gonna do. It allows the business to evolve and it also allows you to be open to hearing what your customers want from you. I experienced this pretty dramatically when I started my business. I actually, when I started Funky Monkey Children, I wanted to name it Savannah Style. My, We were living in Savannah, Georgia at the time, and my vision for what I wanted to do was to have these high-end, dressy, southern outfits, like these white, you know, John Johns and um, A-line dresses and really, I guess, like fancier clothes for kids. I started with accessories like the bibs and the burp cloths and stuff because that was easier and there was less barrier to entry. But I was kind of, you know, I started with that, but I was like, this isn't what I really want to be doing. I really want to have these higher end clothes. And I was looking for suppliers that I could use to get the higher end things and then I was going to monogram them. But very, very quickly, I realized that the high-end goods would be a different market from what I was doing. I quickly found in having the accessories, the burp cloths and stuff, that I was selling to people as gifts and people were buying baby shower gifts. And these higher-end fancy clothes would be weddings, like flower girls, baptisms, that kind of thing. I also realized that there was this huge disconnect. I am like the least dressy person that you will ever meet. I don't know that I have ever bought my child a white John John outfit, um, and he would never, ever have been able to pull that off or keep it clean. 
So I wasn't particularly interested in this market because it was something that was such a huge disconnect from who I am and what I really liked. It was for some reason something that I felt like I should be doing. I felt like I should have this product that was kind of different. There was a lot of applique on Etsy already and I just felt like this was a market that had availability and maybe it would have had availability. I never went there with it, so I don't know. But I ended up shifting to more into the gift sets, more into the baby shower gifts, and just bringing my own style to it. I like bright colors. I like bright patterns. I didn't want to have just pink and blue and like babyish things, babyish patterns. So I had kind of these bolder, you know, aqua and hot pink and purple and these bolder colors that weren't as, um, they weren't as commonplace on the marketplace at the time. Eventually, I shifted to adding in some blankets, which I honestly just bought as a test to, I actually bought it to monogram for a friend of mine, and then I just took a picture, put it up in my shop. I ordered some bunnies for Easter, same kind of deal. Those both sold really well, and eventually I streamlined things so that the bunnies and the blankets are pretty much all I sell at this point. But that, you never could have told me that, um, you know, almost... I guess almost nine years ago when I started and I wanted to have these christening gowns for babies that were monogrammed. Like this is such a far thing, a, a huge step away from what that original vision was. But I was not so married to that vision that I wasn't willing to be flexible and to listen to what people wanted and to pay attention to what was selling and to go in that direction and dive deeper into it. The next thing that I want to talk about that you have to master if you want to be successful on Etsy is your marketing and your traffic. You have to master your traffic source if you want to be successful on Etsy. I know that that seems basic, but it is absolutely non-negotiable. You cannot have a successful business if you are always struggling to bring people in the door. You will never be able to develop that CEO mindset, that CEO vision of what you're wanting to do and where you're wanting to go with your business and what your goal for the business is if you are struggling with that most basic step of just having potential customers see your products, having them be able to find what you're selling. And if you are the one that is doing all of the marketing, you're the one that's responsible for putting yourself out there constantly with social media or email list or whatever, then you're always going to struggle to bring those people in and you're never gonna be able to build this sustainable, streamlined business that works for you without you being so stressed and so hustling and constantly feeling like you're jumping to the next thing. Etsy SEO is always going to be the best way to bring in traffic in a marketplace like Etsy. If we were talking about building your own website, then by all means, you would have to be responsible for driving traffic to your website. But the beauty of having a platform like Etsy and the benefit to having a platform like Etsy where you're paying fees for this benefit is that you don't have to drive the traffic. Etsy buyers are already there to buy from Etsy. 
They like the branding of the platform. They have bought into the mission of what Etsy is, what its persona is as a business and a brand, what it stands for, and they are there to shop. They know it's a shopping marketplace and they're there to shop. You don't have to convince your buyer to buy something from Etsy. You just have to know how to get in front of them with your products so that they find you and they see your listing when they're searching for something like the product that you sell. And the way to do that is through optimizing your SEO. We dive super deep into SEO in my program, Scale Your Sales, but the ability to have passive passive traffic through Etsy search is something that ends up being such a huge relief to business owners, especially business owners that do not want to be spending all of their time in front of the computer, which I would say is probably most of us. If you're like me and you don't, really like social media that much, you don't really do social media in your own, you know, your real life outside of business, and you have no desire to be constantly running sales and coupons and trying to beg people to join your email list, SEO is the way that you want to go to get traffic. That's going to be the easiest and the fastest and the most passive way to get traffic into your shop. Another part of the marketing and traffic piece is time management. Part of the reason that I am so passionate about SEO and what it can do for your shop is that by focusing on SEO and really making SEO the primary driver of traffic to my shop, it freed up so much time that I was spending trying to constantly be doing all of these random marketing things that didn't get me any sales. They brought in very little traffic and hardly any of that traffic converted. It was so disheartening to me, especially as a mom of, at the time, two young children, to be spending time on these things that didn't have any impact. Like I was spending time, you know, if my husband came home from work and said, what'd you do today? It was like, all I did was work. Oh my gosh, all I ever do is work. But it wasn't having any impact. It wasn't having any result. And not only was that frustrating for him because I was so frustrated by it, but it was so disheartening for me. And I I didn't have the time to be spending doing that. I have even less time now that I've doubled my kid load and all of my kids are home with, you know, COVID happening and the school, my my kids are doing virtual schooling and everything. So everyone is home with me all the time and it has been a huge relief and continues to be a huge relief to me that the sales that I have on Etsy are just passively coming into my shop. I just check my email and it's like, you made a sale, you made a sale, you made a sale. I'm not doing any marketing. I'm not having to put myself out there. My sales are not directly related to the amount of time that I'm spending marketing. And that is a huge, huge piece of having a streamlined, successful business. Over and over again, I hear my students describe their feeling of letting go of the guilt. They always word it as guilt that they feel when they feel like they're not doing enough to market their shop. They feel like they are supposed to be doing all of these things and having this complicated marketing plan and putting all these pieces together. And they feel guilty that they don't have the time, they don't have the mental bandwidth or the desire, frankly, to be doing all of this stuff. And they feel so relieved 
that SEO can take the place of all of those things and they can just let go of them. They, they don't have to do them anymore. If they want to post on social media, then they can. If they don't wanna post on social media for the next nine months, they don't have to. Their SEO is optimized and they can get sales without having to do that constant hustle. And that is a huge relief. The last thing that is absolutely crucial to running a successful business and honestly doing most anything in life that takes time is to master your mindset. Your mindset is something that you have to master in order to be a business owner. And it is one of the more difficult pieces because while it is something that almost all of us struggle with at certain times or in certain ways or with certain things in our lives, it impacts everyone differently. For most of us, it comes as impatience. We struggle in today's world with wanting instant gratification in everything that we do, or else we feel like if it's not happening right away, it's probably never going to happen. Maybe we're not good enough. Maybe we're not smart enough. Maybe we don't know what we're doing. Maybe everybody hates our stuff um, and that it will never happen. We'll never be able to do it if it's not happening right away. So our effort is not well spent and it's not worthwhile and we might as well give up. And I get it. I'm super impatient too. You would just have to ask my family about that. <laughs> I am not somebody who just loves for things to take a lot of time. I have talked before about how type A I am. So I want to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible with no BS along the way. And it's annoying to me when things don't happen as quickly as possible. So I get it. I feel like my husband has been with me along this entrepreneurial journey and has had to put up with this roller coaster of emotions and business building. One day I am like Leonardo DiCaprio as Jack in Titanic and I am like on top of the world singing the wonders of how great this is. And the next day I am the actual Titanic sinking in the ocean and there's no going back. So maybe I'm just moody, but I don't think that I'm alone in that. I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way or the only ones that has those high highs and low lows in building a business. But the problem with that impatience or the problem with thinking that there's something wrong with having those highs and lows or that you're the only one that is having those highs and lows is that we feel like if we can't have it right now and if it isn't working right this second, then it's not worthwhile to work toward. But I can tell you from the other side, it is totally worth it. Hopefully the student success stories that we've been hearing on the podcast the last few episodes also show you that this is not just true for me. It's true for every person that has put in that time and that effort and they've made it out to the other side. They've made it to the point where it's not so hard, where you cope a little bit better with those ups and downs, where you have built that fortitude and the grit that it really takes to go through the harder times, to know that you can do it, to have the confidence as a business owner to say, you know, maybe there is this setback or maybe this bad thing happened or maybe you get a bad review, but it, this is not a spiral downward. This is not the end of the world. And we are going to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and keep on this path because we know we can do it. 
Instant success is unlikely to happen. And honestly, you probably wouldn't be very successful if you had that instant instant success because you wouldn't be prepared or ready for it if it happened. The slow, steady, consistent, and constant upward trend of sales is the path to a sustainable and reliable business that brings in the meaningful income that you're looking for. My biggest piece of advice to you this year as a business owner is to realize that running a successful shop, running a successful business, and building that business from the ground up is not an overnight sensation. Building the successful business is a marathon instead of a sprint. And just like finishing a marathon, or from what I have heard, I do not run marathons, building a business that changes the financial future for yourself and your family or the people around you is unbelievably rewarding. So try to enjoy that ride as you go. Try to look at it as a journey, which I know is like such an overused term, but it is so true. If you're always focused only on the end result, if you're always focused on once I get to this other place, once I get to this benchmark of success or this amount of sales or this amount of revenue or whatever that looks like for you, I can tell you, having done that in the past, that there is never a moment that you wake up and you say, okay, I've made it. Okay, I've done it. Now I don't have anything left to do and it's so easy. It's, it's I you know, I've done, I've done what I came here to do. I came, I conquered, whatever that saying is. <laughs> there is not that point. There is just this gray area that you stay in forever always wanting to do better and to grow and to evolve and to continue to learn. So try to enjoy the ride as you go. Don't allow yourself to get frustrated in how slow it's going or the ups and downs or even your own mental ups and downs. If you do feel frustrated, use that frustration to figure out what do you need to revamp? What do you need to change? How do you streamline things? How do you make things better? How do you make this business work for you in a better way so that you're not working for your business? It's working for you. Don't get disheartened when you have a setback. We all have setbacks. And learn to have that grit. Having that can-do attitude that you will not give up, that stubborn goal of success, will be the biggest and most important business skill that you can develop along the way. And I can promise you, building a business that you are in control of, that does not consume your whole life, that brings in a meaningful income to your family, whatever that level of income looks like for you, and that fulfills those entrepreneurial dreams and allows you to look at what you've built and feel proud of how far you've come and all that you've done is 100% worth it. If you are determined to have that stubborn goal of success in your business and you want 2021 to be the kickoff for the changes that you need to make to make that happen, I would love for you to join me in my live masterclass, Three Sneaky Mistakes That Will Sink Your Etsy Shop and How to Fix Them for Etsy Success, happening this Friday, February 12th at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the doors to my program, Scale Your Sales, will also be opening at that time. 
I would love to see you there. So if you want to register, head to laurenkeplinger.com forward slash sneaky mistakes and get signed up. There will be a replay that is emailed out as well for those people that can't make it live or if you're in a time zone where 9 a.m. Eastern falls in the middle of the night, you need to register laurenkeplinger.com forward slash sneaky mistakes and you will get that repay replay later, but I would love to have you on there live if it is at all possible. I love the energy of the live classes. I love interacting with people and I love all the comments and the feedback and just that vibe that I get from these people that are wanting to make this year be the change that they need in their business and basically just kick butt and take names. I will see you in that masterclass, laurenkeplinger.com forward slash sneaky mistakes on Friday, February 12th at 9 a.m. Eastern. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.